Welcome to this episode, the very first episode of The Mistress Podcast. I'm your host, Lady Anna. Thank you so much for joining me today. This very first episode is, what is it like being married to a professional dominatrix? And the best person for me to ask is my very own husband, and he's with me right here. If you'd just like to introduce yourself. Yeah, hi guys, and th- thank you, Mistress. Um, absolutely delighted to be on this podcast, I've got to say. Thank you, I'm David. And uh, yeah, we've been together about 10 years now, haven't we? I've got no idea, I don't oh, remember. Yeah. She always forgets our anniversaries. <laughs> but yeah, we've been, a bit, we've been together just, uh, just about 10 years. As to when, when did you know that there was just something different about you? Okay, well, the first recollection of any form of kink or, or fetish um, was going back to when I was about three. I was between three and four years of age. Now, I do vaguely remember this, but uh, <laughs> my mother and father have reminded me since. I, they, they found me one day under the stairs. Um, we had like a cupboard, you know, like a Harry Potter cupboard under the stairs. Uh, and I was sat in there with a red red plastic coat on. Uh, all fastened up, sat sat in there. No idea why. I can only think because I love the feeling of it, and there was something about it. And that is the very, very earliest recollection. All the t- all the way back to being three or four years old. Was it your own coat? Oh yeah, it was my own coat. It was a little rain, a little child raincoat. So it was your own coat. You were allowed to wear it. Yeah. And for some reason. You went and hid yourself away while you were wearing your coat. Yeah, I went and put myself in, a, in this little cupboard and shut the door <laughs> in the dark, wearing this coat. So, how, I still do it. <laughs> how long were you in there for? Have you got any idea? Oh, I've got no idea. I, I say I do vaguely remember it, but no, I don't remember. It, I guess it just depends on when they found me. I probably would have been in there all afternoon and given half a chance. So you terrified your parents, you've gone missing, they eventually yeah. found you in the cupboard under the stairs and you're just sat there. Sat there. With your coat yeah, on. Fastened up in a raincoat. Yeah, <laughs> this is quite embarrassing really, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, is there anything you remember after that? You were maybe a bit older? Oh, I remember loads of things, yeah. Um, gosh, were, and this isn't any particular order at all, but I remember one instance where uh, I'd probably be about 10 years of age and... We had next door neighbours, um, two friends of mine, brother and sister, and we were we were play. I remember we were playing kind of a hide and seek game, and a name a name was Lisa. Actually, I remember Lisa. She was about four years older than me, so you know, for, for, as a young lad, you're always a little bit you know sort of shy of, of an older girl, um, and she, you know, I quite had a little bit of a crush on her, and. The thing I'm getting to is she tied me up and we had these steps, these stone these stone steps and there was railings on the walls either side of the steps and she tied my hands apart to these railings. I, I have no idea why. I don't know. I can't remember. But I, I can remember it as clear as day. Now that would be, I'm 50. I've just turned 50. So that was probably about 40 years ago. And I can remember the, the, the whole thing. And I knew at that point that this is something special. I didn't understand why it was magical to be, to be tied up by a. Were you tied with your hands together or one hand on each no, rail? It was apart. She tied my hands apart. 
So, so was, you couldn't even get yourself out No, of it. I couldn't. And I had to wait for it to come back. <laughs> um, and I, I can't remember the detail that long. I can't, long? Was, I can't remember. It's probably about half an hour, maybe. I can't remember. But it was, it was just incredible. It, it was just incredible. I mean, at 10 years old, I've not gone through puberty. I've not got those sexual, you know, the sexual feelings when you, when you go no, older. But no. I, I knew there was something magical about it. And, and that's the thing is with fetish. How do you explain a fetish? I don't know. It's just magical, isn't it? Just magical. <laughs> something in it. You, you can't get rid of it. So you're tied there for all the neighbourhood to see. No, because we lived in a, in, in a quite a, a sizable house. It was a detached house and it was, it was kind of uh, side on to the, to the tree. So no, there was nobody there. Right. Uh, it might have been even better if, if we'd have had bypasses. <laughs> Some skill girls <laughs> walking by, <laughs> laughing at me, <laughs> mocking me. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Did she do anything else to you? No. No, that no, <laughs> no, that would have been a bit wrong, wouldn't it, at that age? But no, uh, no, she didn't. But I, I remember, I, you know, from that moment on, and, and I did have a little bit of a crush on her. I've got to say, but you know, when, whenever she used to go to school in the mornings, uh, I used to look out for her. <laughs> right, okay. So, what about school? Anything at school? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was one one particular. I remember one particular day, uh, and it was in. Um, well, no, no, sorry. Before I get to, to my secondary school experience, I'll go back to my primary school experience. I didn't understand why, but I always liked being taught by women teachers and women teachers that were strict. I always performed better at school. I always wanted to please them. There was just something about teachers who were strict. And I remember, you know, I think it was junior two. And I know the great the, the the years have changed now, haven't they? But junior two, I would be about eight, and it was we had story time or whatever it was. And I used to everybody used to, have to sit at the sit on the floor in front of the teacher while she said whatever she was saying. And I remember plucking up courage to every day to get nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer because I wanted to sit at her feet. And eventually, I did. I plucked up courage. And I got to her feet. So you sat there, you know, you got your legs crossed, you got your arms crossed. And I'm looking up at this, uh, this teacher. I remember her, she had long blonde hair, you know, she was youngest teacher. And I'm just, I just knew again, there was something, something special about that. <laughs> I wasn't interested in sitting in front of a guy, in the, you know, male teacher. Mm-hmm. That didn't do anything for it, but a strict, I just wanted to sit at the feet of a, a teacher. A, a, a strict a, teacher. Yeah, absolutely. That was, I'll go on to the secondary school experience that that's that's just come into my mind. We used to have you know to wear uniforms for school, and I never used to like having my my collar fastened, my top button fastened. So I used to kind of avoid doing that. I used to you know sort of try and hide it, and it was a school rule. You had but, to. But just before you go a bit further, with that just because we will have listeners who aren't used to the fact that at English schools we have school uniforms. Hmm. Just explain what the school uniform is. Okay, in our school, it was. Um, it was a shirt. It was kind of a formal type of shirt with a formal stiff collar, um, white shirt, and grey trousers and and shoes. Kind of tie, black, tie. Yeah, sorry, tie um, and black shoes. No blazers or anything like that at my school. Um, we, we we weren't posh, but no. that was it. That was it. So, and the school rule was that you know you had to have your top button fastened, your collar fastened up, you tied on properly, otherwise you can get in trouble. 
Mm-hmm. And I never liked doing that. I, I don't know why, because back now, you know, putting a collar on is, 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 is thrilling. But there was one particular instance, and I was in, it was a history lesson, and I would be about 13, maybe 14, and we had a, a woman teacher, and she saw that I didn't have my top button fastened, and she told me off. And she told me off in front of the whole class and she made me fasten my collar. And I felt incredibly humiliated. I didn't want to fasten it. It was tight. It was uncomfortable. I think it was a summer's day as well. So it was pretty hot. But I knew it thrilled me. And it thrilled me that I was getting told off by by the teacher. And I had to, she was making me have a tight collar around my neck. Hmm. And Again, that is one of those situations whereby, you know, sort of probably edging towards 40 years on, I can remember it clear as day. Okay. Uh, incredible. It's incredible. So, sorry, you were at 14 at this age? 13 or 14, 13 yeah. or 14. So by 13 or 14, you've, <laughs> you like PVC coats. Mm. You like being tied up. <laughs> yeah. You like strict females. Yeah. And you like tight collars around your neck and you like... And I know this because I know you anyway, but you like the top button to be fastened up tight. I, I like you <laughs> oh, I, I, now telling me to fasten it. Yes, I do, because you want me collared. So this is still quite a lot of things and a lot of different fetishes that are developing. Yeah. And you're still only about 13, 14. Yeah, absolutely. And I was quite a late developer as well, sexually, and I hadn't started... I don't think I'd started puberty at that time. Yeah. Um, no, at 13, 14, you must have done. Well, I might, I might have done. No, but you must have done. Right, okay. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't developed at that age. Okay. All right. So you discovered PVC or was it was it PVC or was it plastic? Do you remember? Was it properly no, shiny? The, the, well, the first raincoat, I remember it. Um, it was just like, you know, a, plastic, a child's plastic raincoat. Um, so that was very much plastic. Yeah. Okay. So, so did that attraction to plastic raincoats continue from the age of three? Do you do you remember it? When when's the next thing that you remember? Where? Well, the the next thing I, re- I remember um, was going back to and I remember the day that sorry the 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 year it was nineteen eighty seven and I started going to college. And I used to get a train, and I used to get a train over to Manchester and then Manchester to Stockport. The train, there was a, one particular woman in, in winter or on a rainy day, she always used to have a long black PVC Mac. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say Mac because it's just a little bit of a side issue here. I've been told off by fetishes in the past for calling them raincoats, PVC raincoats. They're not, they're Macs. Oh, really? Yes, PVC, <laughs> PVC raincoat fetishes. It's got to be a Mac. So I will, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, so it's a Mac. She's wearing a Mac, a PVC Mac. Very important in the fetish world. Okay. So, yeah, I, I remember this particular lady. I don't, I honestly can't remember what she looked like. Um, now, that's, that's not really that important. The thing was, was a coat. And uh, I know it sounds a little bit kind of uh, pervy, but gosh, um, I, I used to, I used to look out for her every morning and I just I, I just fan, fancied her. Um, it was just thrilling to see her in this shiny, glossy PVC Mac in the morning. I loved it. And, and I remember that. Again, you know, that's in 1987. That's in 2021, aren't we? That's a long time ago. And I can see it as, as plain as day. And, um, yeah, I used to be thrilled to see her in the morning. 
So That's how powerful it is. Every morning. P- pretty much. Pretty much every morning. Yeah. You'd, you'd see it. For, for a two-year period whilst I, I went, to, went to that particular college. Did you ever speak to her? No. No, I was too shy for that. Did you ever go near? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. As near as I could. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, the same carriage. Right. I don't think I ever got to sit next to her. That would have been fantastic. Um, but yeah, the, ne- the the same carriage. I'd always try and get in the same carriage. Sounds a bit stalky, doesn't it? Yeah. But I'm only, a, you know, I'm still a kid. At this How old time. are you at this age? Uh, that's about 16, 17 at this age. Yeah. So, uh, Probably yeah. Probably old enough to be arrested. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not kind of proud saying it really, but I got, you know, got to be honest and, you know, I, I, I did. And it was, it, it, it was, it was fantastic to see the coat. So, and, and, and the shame of the, the sad thing is, um, you know, we don't see women where, you know, you do, and I, and I love it when you do, but you don't see women wearing well, PVC. No, it's not. Well, it's because it's so synonymous with fetish and kink, isn't it? So I think it takes either a very brave woman to wear it or a completely oblivious woman to wear it. Because I know when I wear my black Mac, <laughs> yeah. my black PVC Mac, I do get, I do get, older women coming up to me and saying, oh, I do like your coat. But I also see a lot of sidelong looks, don't I, from from the guys. I remember going in, a, in an art gallery one day in York and there was a, a younger woman behind reception and she worked there and she said, I love your coat. You had the black one on. Yeah. And she said, I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. You look fantastic in it. Um, <laughs> see, I don't, I don't remember... <laughs> Oh, I remember. All, all these things that happen when I'm wearing my black Mac, I don't remember, but you do. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, it's quite funny because you see the furtive glances from the guys. Yeah, um, I you do, do see those. I do yeah. see the furtive glances, yeah. the side looks. Yeah, yeah. We're thinking, obviously, you know, like those guys, nobody can see us looking. You can't. Yeah, but everybody <laughs> so, can see you looking. Yeah, so, but so. yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I mean, I, I love it. You look, you think, I, I think you look fantastic. Um, and, and I'm so, so grateful if that's the right word i don't know if it is because you, you wouldn't wear it if you didn't want to but no you should be grateful I, i'm grateful then. i'm grateful <laughs> you know you should be no i like i like wearing it i know there are times when you'd you'd like me to wear it but the problem with the the mac is they're not warm they're, no. they're not warm in the slightest so jump so underneath you've, you've got to, yeah you've got to wear layers on. underneath it I, I i've got to say something that i do want to mention it's smart though oh it's lovely yeah Something that I do want to mention, if that's okay, before we... I know we've gone off the school, but something that's come to mind is really, really important. Yeah. Very early on in in schooling, I realised that there was something thrilling about calling your teacher miss. And that developed into Mm. a shyness whereby, you know, you're expected. And again, you know, if there's people who are not in the UK listening, it is is expected that, you know, a child at school will address a female teacher or member of staff, it might be a dinner lady, as miss. Yeah. Um, I guess it's short for mistress, isn't it? Um, No, I think it's because most female teachers were unmarried, so they were miss. Ah. Smith, Miss Jones. Right. So it was just easy to just say Miss. Right. Because I also know that female, not because I've been in, but I know female um, prison officers are expected to be addressed as Miss. Are they? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Well, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, perhaps somebody listening 
No, just, just Google it. Just <laughs> let, let me know. Yeah. So, so yeah, and I knew it, it was kind of thrilling. It got to the point whereby I was actually trying to avoid addressing a teacher as Miss because I was shy. I was very, very bashful. Um, and it's and it's obviously it's very, very important. It's important that I bring that up because of of what our relationship. I think it was on the very first session that we ever had, and I think you said that you wanted to call me Miss. And was that yeah. okay? Yeah. And you used to get really shy and bashful. So I, did. I used to make you call me Miss. Yeah. And didn't, with, didn't I? I did, yes, Miss. <laughs> and I still get a little bit bashful about it. I, I do. 10 years on, I do. And I'm 50 years of age and I do get bashful. About saying? Miss. <laughs> <laughs> I, find it, I find it much more um, realistic to me, if that's the right word, than calling you mistress. Because, mist- yes, mistress is a, is a, is a word that's been around a long time. But as a kid, you brought, you brought up to be told it's got to be miss. So it's yeah. real. It's real to me. It's real to you. It's real yeah. to me. And I enjoy calling you mistress, but I enjoy- miss is, is special. Do you, you might be better at saying this. Do you remember the funny story when I phoned you up on a, on a, when, I was, when I phoned you up early yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I, I, got, I got a phone call and I, I answered, hello. And some man said, is that Eunice? <laughs> well, of course, I'm not Eunice. <laughs> Eunice is actually the name. It's the sort of name that women in probably, what, their 60s or 70s have. It's quite an old-fashioned name, Eunice. E-U-N-I-C-E. Is that Eunice? I said, no, no, it's not Eunice. I think you've got the wrong number. And this guy said, no, no, is it Eunice? <laughs> I said, no, I think you've got the wrong number. And then I realised it was you saying, is it's that you, Miss? miss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was panicking at that point because we'd all, I'd only just really got to know you. Yeah. And um, you, were, you, 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 you thought I was blanking you. Yeah, and, and you didn't quite say it that friendly. No, it's only a call unit. No, you got the wrong number. And I thought she'll put the phone down. No, 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 don't do that. No, Miss, it's me, David. You know, Miss, me. I said, me. Oh, right. Yeah, we had a laugh about it. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 the Miss thing. Yeah, you Miss. Yeah. Okay. So, all right then. So you've pretty much realised as you're growing up that you have got these feelings and thoughts that aren't entirely usual. Mm. So what happened with the first relationships that you had? Yeah, well, it's 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 a funny one, isn't it? And I and I guess any of well, a lot of the guys who are listening to this will probably understand. You know, you it, and this was all pre-internet days as well. Uh this was and this was before things like um shades of grey and on all these things. Mm. Um but I I didn't have girlfriends at school. I think I had one brief girlfriend when I was in, in the last year at school. So my first girlfriend was in sixth form, actually. Uh, I ended up marrying her. And so, I'm you know, I'm 17 at the time. And, and it's one of those things, you know, when do you, well, in 1987, when do you yeah, bring up the subjects of I'm kinky or I like, and I didn't really understand it. Again, I think we're more educated now with the internet. But I, I didn't fully understand everything at all with mm. what was in me. So, and, I, and I thought I was weird. I thought I was. I thought there was only me in the world felt like me. That is very, very common. Yes. Yeah. And 
you do. You think there's something wrong with me, odd with me. Nobody will understand this. And the last thing you want to do, if you know, you take a shine to somebody, you get caught in with somebody, or chatting them up, or whatever stage, the last thing you want to do is start telling them that, oh, actually, I really fantasize about you handcuffing me, or actually, you know, can, c- could you put me in a plastic coat? She's, you know, you're going to think she's going to run run for the hills. I think for probably the first thirty years of your life, you tend to want to blend in with everybody else and be very, very similar to everybody else. You don't like to be putting yourself out there or making yourself very different. I think it it comes with maturity to know and be happy in establishing yourself as being slightly different. So you would be risking outright rejection Yes. if you said, I like this, and then she ran away and told all the friends. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you keep it bottled up. Mm. You keep it bottled up, and then, but the, but the thing is, at the same time, and and I, and I would say, you know, guys who are interested in what we do, and this podcast will again understand that you, this doesn't go away. Um, no. Two things going on here with me, I, I believe, and that one is fetish, two is submission. Mm-hmm. Uh, different, I believe they're different. They're very different. Um, so you, you can know, have I, one. You can have one without the other. Yeah, so there my, are an awful lot of fetishists who don't, who aren't yeah. submissive in the slightest. Yes. So with me, of, of you know the background of you know the, the few things that we've talked about thus far, I've got I'm, I'm I'm submissive because I'm wanting to sit at the teacher's feet. I'm wanting to please her, but at the same time, I've, I've found that I've got these fetishes. So I've got thing two things going on. So you, you know, it, again, it, it's very difficult to to come out and explain to somebody what this is all about so you don't but what you do is you start is your relationship starts to to push forward your fetishes don't go in in fact they probably go stronger if if the truth be known they did with me over the years and you start to try and bring you know bring things in you mention things you see what the reaction is if it's okay then you know you try and push it a little bit forward and and see what the reaction is. And I've been married. You're my, you know, you're my third wife. Um, and my marriages haven't failed over um, previous marriages haven't failed over over this issue. Other things went on, but nevertheless, it was it was strained. And you know, the two, with my first wife, she wasn't into it at all. She did do some things, but she she wasn't into being dominant. She wasn't into fetish kink whatever you like and it was difficult it was very very difficult and it's yeah and and, and ultimately the marriage failed again it wasn't due to that but it might have done given time Mm. so then as you know I I then met somebody else and it was the same situation you know again how do you you know how do you say at the start this is what I am this is what I, I I would like us to be. You, you don't. So you go down the same route and you're kind of thinking, sometimes, you know, you enjoy your fetish, you enjoy the sexual turn on, but sometimes you think, I just wish it would go because it, it can be difficult. They are strong feelings and sometimes you just think, you know, I'm not normal. I, I'm the only one who feels like this. You, you, you can't let it go and it's a secret. It's a big secret inside you and it can be so difficult to live with. So you try then to bring them into it, your partner into it, your wife, significant other, and try and talk about things. You try and experiment with things. 
And, you know, we did do things and, you know, we, you know, I showed her stuff on the internet. By this time, the internet was was there and made it easier. So, you know, I tried to do this and we did do some stuff. But ultimately, I think the point was when I got to the age of 40, she rejected my sexuality, if that's the right word, completely out of hand. Uh, mm-hmm. She said, I'm not interested in it. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. And she accused me of being weird. And it, it hurt. It, it cut me hard. And it was at that point, and I thought, I remember, I remember it, it, it hurt. And I thought, I'm, I, you know, I could live till I'm 80. And I'm halfway through my life now. Does this mean that I, I can't, I can't explore and experience what's in me, what's been in me for the last 40 years? And it hurt me. And, and, and she meant it. There was no more. There was no more kink with her. Mm. That was it. That was it. And the marriage failed. Mm. And um, it, again, it didn't fail because of that. There were other things going on, um, but it certainly would have failed because I, I couldn't have my sexuality rejected out of hand like that. I just couldn't. Plus, by this time, you've also, you know, the, the inter- I mean, <laughs> you know, the the internet was made for porn <laughs> and cats, wasn't it? Yeah. So you would have like. So many other people in the world will have got onto the internet, started to do some searches and started to realise that actually you're not the only one, that there are names for this. There are, there are people out there who feel exactly the same way that you do about exactly the same thing, like specific fetishes like PVC Mac. Mm. So you then, did you then join communities to forums to well, it's funny. explore the fact that you're not on your own? Yeah, well, actually, I did go on the internet, and, I, and I, everything you say is absolutely right. And I, and I did. I started to. I remember the first um, time I got a computer and the internet, and and, and I, it was amazing. Those images of, of you know, I saw women in handcuffs, and it's like, oh my god, I don't believe this. And it was just amazing. And it, and 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 loads of things went on. I'm not the only one. In fact, I'm one of millions of people. Hang on a minute. Let's just wind that back a bit. Women in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's handcuff fetish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so where did the handcuff fetish come from? And why women in handcuffs? I, I just, I, I don't, I just like, I love the sight of a woman in handcuffs. I think it's so sexy. It's so, so sexy. And it's not a, sub, that's, that's not a dominant, a dominant submission thing, is it? You know, I'm not imagining myself as being their dominant. I just mm. think it's so sexy to see a woman wearing handcuffs. And where did it come from? I'm not sure, but I remember, I remember in junior school, I remember a, a lad bringing some old Derby handcuffs in, Hyatt Derby handcuffs, They're the, you know, like the uh, antique type yeah, with the screw, and oh, he brought some in, yeah, and I yeah. remember that. Again, that was another thing. It's just like, oh, my God, what's this? So this were, the girl, were the girls trying on the handcuffs? I don't remember them doing, No. They can't but have done. You would have remembered I that, would have remembered we? that. But no, I don't remember them doing that at all. But I remember fantasising about them being handcuffed. Okay. And you know what? I, I've, I've, got, I've got to say something else. Well, all the, all the school memories are coming back. Is it okay if I just go back to visit something? Yeah, definitely. Right. You know I've got a nylon overall fetish. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I really thought I was the only one who had that. Yeah, because that is right. strange. Yeah, but I'm not. Just explain what a right. nylon overall okay. is and what it looks like. Right. And explain how it is the most unsexy item yeah. of clothing you can possibly, yeah. possibly imagine. Right. But for some reason, it, 
Yeah. Yeah, it melts me. Okay, right. In, again, if you're not, you know, I don't know. Right, okay, in the UK, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, um, and, and I went to, I, you know, I was born in 70s, so in 70s and 80s, women in school, school dinner ladies and cleaners would wear a nylon overall. And a nylon overall is basically a, a kind of a, a cross between a kind of coat and dress that is fastened up at the front with these uh, kind of big, clear plastic fisheye buttons. And they are usually a gingham type of check. Uh, they are usually blue or orange. Or green. Uh, or green. And um, the they, cl- they are hideous. They're hideous. They're blandest, most utilitarian, demeaning garment you could possibly wear. And I have got a massive fetish for them. I'm quite embarrassed now, actually. Um, and and I don't know what I can only imagine. It's come from dinner ladies being in charge, and of us, and making us eat this horrible food. So, I, did I, your dinner ladies at your school wear these? Oh yeah, the, so they all, definitely wore these. All the di- orange well, dinner ladies yeah. wore orange, cleaners wore blue. Right, and. It was just, you know, it's just a sign of the buttons glinting at me. It was just something incredible. And and obviously... You, you've got a blue one and an orange one, haven't you? I have. Why do you think I've got them? And who makes me wear them when, when we're on our own and you want yours doing? I was introduced to them quite early on, wasn't I? Yeah. And then I realised that... Well, I realised quite soon on in our relationship that if I asked you to clean something or do something or tidy up, you didn't do it. You wouldn't do it. But if I made made you wear your overall and inspect you and insist that the top button was done up and then ask you to go and do the cleaning, you'd go and do it. So so it was a complete no-brainer to say, yes, David, of course you can wear your overall. Absolutely. Have you got any chores to do? Yes, great. Put your overall on. So... Yeah, I, I realised that this was actually a very, very powerful fetish that could suit me very well. <laughs> what I would say is I did used to do the cleaning because it sounds like I'm topping from the bottom a little bit by by refusing to do it unless I've been putting an overall. But I well, didn't want to do it. I, I no, didn't want to do it. No, there's, it there's, there's doing it because there's a big difference between doing it because you want to do it and doing it because you've been told to do it. Yeah. And when you were being told to do it and you were having to do it but you didn't really want to do it it was a there was a huge yeah. difference between yeah. telling you to put your overall first and then tell you to go and do it yeah yeah the eagerness was yes. markedly different yes yeah yes I'll, I'll totally agree with that so yeah and that that was that's been another fetish that's been developed and I really thought I was on my own but if you went on the internet and let's say you went um is it Pinterest or Pinterest? Pin, pin Pinterest. Pin, if yeah. you go on Pinterest and punch in nylon overalls, you'll find guys with loads of photographs dating back to the sixties with women in in, in in overalls. Them wearing them. Uh, there are people who made who do made to measure, uh, but it's not just the UK. In France, it is huge, and it's called nylon kittle. Nylon That's kittle. What, nylon kittle. Uh, I think it is nylon kittle. So if you go on eBay.fr, yeah. You, and you punch, punch in nylon overall, nylon kittle, blouse nylon as well, they call it, blouse nylon. It, there are hundreds. What about Germans? German as well, yes, German as well. Because I, 
I mean, I, I grew up, obviously I went to similar schools and yes, I remember our dinner ladies wearing uniforms, similar to that, these nylon overalls. But I also remember that because I, I was born in Germany, I grew up in Germany. So where we lived in our, in the married quarters, it was right next door to Germans. Hmm. We were right next to the other side of the alley was German house, our German neighbors. And in Germany, they have this sort of social expectation. It's like a rule. I don't think it's a law. I think it's a social law rather than a legal law, if that makes sense. It's a. Mm. It's something that's expected of all the Germans that they have to go outside and they have to clear the pavement in front of their house. They have to make sure that their front step is tidy. Mm. They wouldn't tolerate the mess that you get in British gardens where people are growing sofas and spare tires and mm. you, that just doesn't happen in Germany. Germany's spotless. And all the German housefraus, when they used to come out to do these chores, they always had these overalls on. They had exactly that nylon overall <sighs> on. So I imagine there's a whole generation of guys who have been told off, yep. told what to do, yep. chastised, yep. comforted. Yep. Even like patted on the head and and you know given very good positive reinforcement. So it's very similar to you with Miss the school teacher. It's that position of that female power. Yeah, almost like yeah that that you have to do what the school teacher tells you. You have to do what the dinner lady tells you. You have to do what the Frau tells you. Mm. So I imagine that that fetish is huge across Europe. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not seen it so much in, in the States. No, um, no. I don't ever recall seeing wrong. anything kind of from, you know, like if you watch Mad Men, <laughs> yeah. where it's set in the 1950s. Yeah. I don't see those overalls no. anywhere. I see aprons, big sort of aprons yeah. with like big frills around them, but I don't see those overalls. I think it's a particularly European I think it is item of clothing. I think it is, and and the crazy. No, I'm not saying the crazy thing because they are fetish items now, but they're expensive. Um, you know, if you've got original ones, yeah, original ones. How, how expensive are they now? Oh, I've seen them. Well, anything. I've ranged, I think probably up to about hundred pounds. Sometimes now, now maybe maybe beyond that. And there are people. Who, I mean, we've got a made to measure one, haven't we? Yeah. We, we you know we, yeah, we yeah. employed somebody, and she, that's what she does for a living. She makes fetish. In fact, we've got two because we've got one from Cat House. She did the red one. She did the red one, but we also got one off eBay. There was somebody who makes them. Which one's that one? The, another, the new one, red one. The new red one. The new oh. red one, yeah. And, and that was about, I don't know, that was about 70 or 80 pounds and just replicates the, 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 the type of overall. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a biggie. <laughs> and I'm just thankful I'm not on my own. And I'm, I'm yeah. so grateful I'm so grateful that I'm 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 with somebody who who embraces that fetish and actually you can use it to to suit yourself. Well, it's massive it's, that. It suits me tremendously because it means that you crack on with your chores <laughs> perhaps quicker and a bit more happier. Yeah. than if you weren't wearing them. So it suits me absolutely fine. Obviously. In fact, I, I I this is probably going to be another podcast but if all of those European ladies knew that to get their man to do chores around the house, they just have to tell them to put an overall on. Yeah. Power. 
power in a nylon overall. I know. Gosh. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so you've been rejected. Your sexuality has been rejected. You now know that it's not just you. It's not just you being weird. You now know through the internet, through forums, through seeing that actually you're not as original as perhaps you thought you were. Mm. <laughs> that, yeah, it's not you being weird. Why are you being rejected in your marriage? So what what do you do? Where do you go? Well, the thing I did, obviously, I'd, I'd realised that there was a lot on the internet by now. And you, you had said, you, you know, were you a member of forums and stuff like that? And I wasn't actually. I didn't even know they existed until I met you. Um, but I, I, I started to look around. I mean, the marriage was failing for other, for other reasons. Um, we'd, we'd agreed that, you know, we were going to separate. And uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to have a look online. I, I may consider um, looking towards seeing a professional dominatrix um, just to really experience this, to scratch an itch um, and, and just really see what, what the whole thing was about. So um, that's what I did. I started to have a look around and um, I, I, I then saw you, saw you and chose you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the marriage, the marriage failed and um, I thought, you know what, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to, to do this. So mm. um, yeah, I, I, I really liked what you did. And I thought I've always wanted to be with a woman, spend time at some level with a woman with long black hair. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'd really, really like to, to contact you. So I did. I plucked up courage and I sent you an email and I got ignored. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. So let me just get this straight. You liked long black hair and you found a mistress with long black hair. Yes. That was it. No, 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 that's the first thing because you're striking. I mean, everybody, when we go somewhere, nobody remembers me. They remember you. <laughs> you should wear your nylon overall. Well, they remember them then, wouldn't they? they? And hair. I think it's because of your hair. I think a lot of it's because of your hair. Because you've got very, very long, very striking hair. Um, Is that it? <laughs> you're really I, digging a hole for And I thought, obviously, I thought you were beautiful. And obviously, I like what you did and what you said and, and everything. Gosh, I mean, you really want me to. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I was hugely attracted to you. So I, I, I decided that I was going to write to you and ask whether I could be considered to come and see you for a session. And? I got ignored. So I had to write again. <laughs> I left it and I thought, what have I done? I, I reread the email several times. What have I said? What have I not done? Have I sent it to the right address? Um, so I, I, I left it. I can't remember. It might have been a week or two. So I wrote another email to say, you know, uh, you know, dear, dear Lady Anna, please, you know, please forgive the second email. I don't know if it's received you or not, um, but you know, I'd really, really appreciate uh, having the opportunity to come and see you. If, if you could let me know, I'd be very, very grateful. And I waited. And I waited, <laughs> and I waited, and I thought, well, it's not happening. This isn't happening. And I remember, I can remember exactly where I was. I remember sat in my car in a car park one Saturday evening, and bing, I get an email back. And it's like, Lady Anna, oh, my God. So I, I, <laughs> so I rushed to, to, to put the passcode in to look at it, open it up, and, and, the, and they said, yeah, I'd be delighted to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember word for word now. I should, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I read it and um, I thought, yeah, fantastic. And, and we booked a session, didn't we? We did, we did. 
and it's you're always at such a an advantage compared to us because you see us you see our photographs you see us from different angles you know exactly what we look like we haven't got a clue what you look like and we don't even know if you're going to turn up so I always ignore the first email I always ignore first contact because there are far too many people who will write just for the sake of writing email for the sake of emailing, phone for the sake of phoning or just because they want some contact from you. So, yeah, one of my um, hoops for prospective clients to jump through is that if they emailed again, despite being ignored, if they emailed again, then they did actually have some intent there. Mm. So it was it was just my very first um, sort of filtering process to get rid of the, the time wasters. So yeah, the really can I just say though the really thing was the really unusual thing was when I look back, when I when I look for you when I looked and found you and I researched you and and of course I found you super attractive but the, the first photograph I saw of you um, was was in in in, a, in, in rubber mm. and you remember the one and you're holding two two stirrups rubber skirt rubber skirt leather leather and you you look you you, Mm. i'm looking at your back but you've got your face turned to the camera and and i thought you you just look stunning and i would just love to 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 have the opportunity to to spend just even if it's once just some time with you i didn't but i hadn't I, i didn't know that you were so heavily into medical and and that side of the the business i hadn't seen the nurse right yeah well so it was kind that. of a shock when I turned up and then we did what we did. <laughs> it was like, gosh, I didn't know this existed. No, I didn't really ask you actually, did I? I just um, yeah, saw, saw a new body. <laughs> put me in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just saw a new body. Yeah, I um, yeah, because by that time I was thoroughly down the medical mistress route and enjoying it tremendously. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, so the day came, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, the day came and I, I remember opening up the door and I remember being really pleasantly surprised (laughs) (laughs) and thinking oh brilliant um yeah I do I remember I remember it very well and well one of the requisites for sessioning with me was that you had to go and have a shower now there was actually genuinely an issue with the hot water in the shower (laughs) there really was um it was quite difficult just to get get it right to get the temperature right so I was I often had to go in there and just get the shower going yeah. For guys to then get undressed and get into the shower. Yeah. But I was quite unprofessional and I did just stand there and watch you. <laughs> yeah. Have a shower. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. in the shower, stripped off, and um I went into the sh- into the bathroom, went into the shower, and I was freezing cold. I couldn't get this on. I'm thinking, oh my god, no, no, come on, work, 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 work. <laughs> and and I think I don't know whether I had to shout you or you came in or, or whatever. And I'm stood there naked, absolutely starkers, freezing cold, um, with 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 Lady Anna looking at me. Um, and and then she, you know, you, you kind of fum, you know, sort of, I won't say fumbling. That's the wrong word, but you're trying to adjust the. But it's not working, is it? It's not working. It's it's no, not I was adjusting. Yeah, it. but I it was wasn't working, it. was it? You were no. just looking, you were taking the opportunity. <laughs> and then what I didn't know was that she's admitted it since. She was properly sizing me up. I was definitely sizing you up. Yeah, <laughs> I was being objectified, wasn't I? Completely. Yeah, and, and anyway, we we eventually got the water on and had a shower. And, you didn't you know, mind though, did you? No. <laughs> I was a bit embarrassed at the time. Obviously, I'm a bit because you know what? It's really, really scary. 
I don't want to, if anybody's thinking about going to see a PD, I, the last thing I want to do is try and deter you because it's exciting, but it is, but it is, it, it can be a little, well, no, it is scary. I think it should be scary. Um, I think it's part of the process. That, yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than somebody turning up and being cocky. Mm. That's always a very bad sign and that you know you're not going to have a good session. I like it when the client turns up and they're nervous and they're fumbling and they're scared because they are proving to me that they appreciate how, um, oh, what's what word can I use? Well, certainly how unusual <laughs> the situation is. But also there's a there's a level of deference there as well because they are nervous and they are very concerned about putting their best self forward as well. Mm. But when somebody turns up and they're chewing gum and they're, they're just cocky and they're, I just think, oh, wow, you, you've done this so much. You're jaded. Mm. This has become... This is something they do so regularly, but it's something that they aren't getting anything out of. Yeah. Because if you were really getting something out of the experience of going to see a professional dominatrix, then you know you've got to be quite nervous and quite scared and apprehensive. It's not fear. It's more (laughs) apprehension. So I like that. I I like to see you quite scared in the shower. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, and it is. It's it's nerve wracking because, you know, you're contacting somebody. You've seen them on online. You don't you don't know what's going to happen, and you know it is domination. Whatever it might be, whether it's medical, whether it's caning, whether it's bondage, whatever it might be, it, it's a scare. It's kind of a scary thing to do, and you're putting your whole trust into somebody. You're especially yeah. with the medical side. Yes. Um, your whole absolute complete trust but what you're not going to do as a client you're not going to go and tell your loved ones where you're going you're not going to tell your mates where you're going you're not going to tell work where you're going you're going to keep it secret so nobody knows where you are I used to make a point of that I, I used to really quite enjoy scaring clients I used to sit them down and Ask them if anybody knew where they were yeah, or how long it would be before they were missed. And I could see their mind just ticking, just ticking over like. (laughs) 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 And then I used to push open the door to the clinic so they could then look past me and look into the clinic and see everything laid out. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the thrill of it. I used to love scaring clients. Oh, yeah. It's definitely brilliant. Yeah. So I remember, I, I remember what you would, you, you look, again, I didn't expect you were dressed as a traditional nurse, mm. your dark blue nurse's uniform and those, those beautiful sort of high heel shoes, which um, sort of shiny patent shoes. And, and, yeah. Mm. And I just thought, oh God, you know, I've come to the right place here. Um, and I really fancied you. And, and, and um, it was just, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It was just fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, so so when we went, didn't we? So yeah, so you, I think you came a couple of times, and then um, I think I pretty much allowed you to come without without payment. We did three, like we did three payment sessions. Did we? We did Was it three. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, and we started a relationship. Yes, we did, and it started off. It kind of started off. It wasn't a full on relationship, was it? It was kind of a like a a lifestyle. 
slave mistress relationship whereby I, you know, I came and I'd do things for you and then we'd probably go out and have something to eat. Yeah, that's when I found out you actually were rubbish at DIY. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one thing. I remember one thing. I remember you told me to clean your skirting boards down. Yeah. And I was like, right, okay. So I, I I can't remember. I couldn't get to part of it or something. And I remember saying... Oh, miss, you know, I can't get to that. And I remember you saying to me, do I want a proper job doing it or do I want half a job doing it? So, right. Right. Okay. Um, it's, it's not important. I just, it's just the level of stuff I remember yeah. is incredible. I remember, so is it okay to tell you something else I remember very vividly? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I remember, I remember your t- very, very early days. Those days where we, we, we just started the kind of lifestyle DS relationship. And if anybody doesn't know what DS stands for, it's like dominant slash submissive. So, you know, Lady Anna's the dominant and I'm, I'm the submissive. And we started this and she said to me, I may get you to engage in force buy. And I'm not, I'm not buy. Um, I, I totally respect people who are, and, and that's absolutely <laughs> fine, but that's not me. Yeah, I don't I don't fancy guys. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to... Um, you don't do, want to suck dick. I don't want to suck dick. <laughs> it's not my thing. I appreciate some guys do. A lot of guys do, and that's fine. I respect that fetish. But it's not yours. But it's not mine. And I thought, fucking hell, what am I going to do? Because I don't think I could have done that, but I didn't want to let you down. If you would have wanted to... I didn't know she was kidding me. No, well, I, I, I probably, I don't know if I was kidding you or not kidding you, but what you do is you make a suggestion and you just read their face. Right. So I could see from your face straight away that this wasn't something that secretly you really wanted to do. You just wanted a mistress to tell you to do it. Sure. So, but I didn't let you know that I had already decided, okay, you don't have to do it. Right. I just let you think that you had to okay. for a while. And that's something that you're very good at, <laughs> the, the mind games and the tease and the, and the, and the torment. Yeah. <laughs> it's just torment sometimes. It is very, very good. Yeah. So th- that was one of the things I remember. Yeah. So we, we got this this relationship, hadn't we? This this lifestyle relationship where I came and saw you. I don't know. It was sometimes that was a couple of times a week, something like that. And I'd do your chores, get bossed about a little bit. No, I, I honestly can't remember. Yeah. My memory is shocking. And then, but then it just grew, didn't it? It grew kind of organically and we became very close. And yeah. it became more than just like a, a lifestyle personal slave type relationship and we well we ended up you moved in with me and um we lived together got to know each other's families so big question is is now that you are not a client Mm. you are now my life partner yeah how did you feel about me continuing to session with other men well it's that's a that's a really really great question um and it was very checkered if for for the first I don't know maybe two or three years, when you know for anybody who's who's kind of listening to this and and, and I get you know, I've got a friend of mine who calls me Lucky D uh, David Lucky D, um, and I know that you know there's a lot of guys who are very envious of of the fact that I, you know I, I I I'm married to a professional dominate dominatrix certainly Lady Anna who's you know is well you know sort of world famous in, in her field for a lot of people it's like winning the lottery to to be with a professional dominatrix and in in so many respects yes absolutely of course it is um but you know it it can be when you come out when you're you know I was a kind of young middle-aged guy I've been in vanilla relationships yes I had my fetishes yes I had my kinks and my submissive side but I'd been in traditional relationships and it's always very 
It's different when you get with somebody new anyway. But when you get with somebody who is a professional dominatrix, sex worker, um, and, you know, they on a daily basis, they are going, uh, leaving home and traveling and going to their premises and spending time um, in a sexual, it is a, it's a sexual thing, you know, fetish is absolutely sexual. So you're in a sexually, she's in a sexually charged environment with a guy who, you know, damn sure fancies the arse off her and, you know, would love to be in my position or maybe not, but, you know, really wants to be with her. You know, it, it takes some getting used to. And, you know, I'm, I'm, it took some getting used to for me. There were times when I got jealous, when I got very insecure, very, you know, very worried about, you know, is she going to meet somebody else and leave me? You know, I love, you know, I love her to bits. I loved her then to bits. And you can get in, in, you know, insecure. For me at the same time, you know, I was going through a big divorce, child custody issues. You know, I'd been, it was in the credit crunch, the recession at the time. I had been made redundant. I got another job again, but things were really worrying. So my whole life was extremely insecure. And to have, you know, for me to have uh, be with someone who I fell in love with and she was going off on a daily basis, having fun and, and enjoying herself and having, you know, in this sexual environment with somebody else, it was a test for me. And, you know, there were times when I failed that test. I was, you know, I, I, I found it very difficult. It wasn't all the time at all. You know, it wasn't, but it was checkered. And I really regret that. It was very, as I say, it was just very, very difficult for me. So what I'd say to anybody, you know, if you are, you know, guys who are seeing pro-doms, if, you know, you dream about the lifestyle of being with a pro-dom, you know, just be conscious. Yeah, it, it, it is, it can be testing to see them go, to see them having fun with somebody else. But it is something that you've got to work. If you do find it difficult, you've got to work through that because, you know, I'm absolutely thank fuck delighted to say that you know that is well and truly in the past it has been in the past for a long long time i wholeheartedly love uh, lady anna to go now and be able to session with somebody and have fun and enjoy it and enjoy their company their time together and you know that is sincere and i'm so thankful that I whatever switched in my mind from the insu- you know, the insecurities, the jealousies that you know I, I'm absolutely at ease and really enjoy now going having fun. So I just want to share with you, you know, it can be it can be pretty pretty testing. I think as well, it was quite difficult for you to accept that now that you were my life partner, it didn't automatically mean that you got free sessions. Yeah, totally. I mean, to clarify that, I think looking back, I, I didn't expect I would get live sessions, but I would probably, I don't know, maybe I did think I would probably get more, you know, more kind of professional type sessions together than, than we did. But it changes the whole dynamic of the DS relationship when you go kind of real, it changes because... You, you you don't want to do that, do you? You don't want to always be working. Use the word working because you enjoy what you do, mm. but it's different. There's no, you know, you- but it, but it is like work. It's not like um, personal life because my my clinic it's where I work. <laughs> it's yeah. where I go to work. It's not my yeah. home. Whereas I wanted a relationship that we could conduct at home with elements of DS, but you. You very much resented the time that I spent with my clients. And I remember that what we did was we sort of incorporated some 
personal play whilst I was doing my professional sessions by putting you in long-term bondage as I went out to go and do a session. That's right. And that, that was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, so I would leave you in one of your overalls handcuffed to the bathroom radiator. Yeah. And, and the, you'd piss on me. Uh, yeah. And I would piss all over you and leave you in it. Yeah. And leave you with a pack of cloths to wipe the floor up. Yeah. And I'd expect that to be done when I got back. Yeah. And I used to go to my sessions and I used to take my time. I wasn't rushing back. And I would spend time with my client and I would tell my client where you were and what you were doing. Yeah. And quite often I'd be asked mid-session, is he really there? Is he really yeah. changed the bathroom radiator? Yeah. And of course the answer is, well, yes. I, I, I've never lied, ever, no. ever lied. And we also, I also used to put you in. And now that I know a lot of bondage enthusiasts will probably be absolutely horrified. And I, I really don't care. But I used to leave you... <laughs> Locked up in in boxes, quite severe bondage, wasn't it? Oh, very severe For bondage. Hours. There was there was two particular severe areas, and if anybody's on on Fat Life, you know, you hook up with me by all means because I've I've got some uh, images there. And there was two areas. One was a cage, a fetus puppy cage. What's your name on Fat Life so people can find you? Uh, David List, no space. D A V I D L I S T. David List. And there was a puppy cage and the puppy cage, and it was inescapable. You know, a proper fetus cage is proper steel. It's not like something out of pets, pets at home. This, you know, <laughs> padlock goes on and you aren't getting out of it. And it's just enough that you can sit with your, with your knees bent. And then you would lock me, that would be positioned in a very, very small underground um, cellar. Cell, uh, cellar room, which was a coal, an old coal room, was it? It was an old coal bunker. Um, yeah. Which is probably about four foot wide by about eight foot long. Mm-hmm. And then she would lock the door, turn the lights off and leave. And I would be there for several hours. Um, there was another one this, around the corner in the cellar. That we've got, you've got a little lockable door under the uh, step and stone steps and there's bars. You've had it you, before I met you, you, you had these, yeah. these bars fitted mm-hmm. and she would lock, she would chain me to the floor, stone floor in there and then lock the doors and leave me. And it was pitch black. And, and yeah, I mean the health, you know, the health and safety police, bondage police would be oh. going up, up in arms but yeah you know what going up the wall <laughs> it, we, it was a decision we've made would we do it again yes i would uh, absolutely and we did mm-hmm. it plenty of times there was no safe words we don't you know we don't i don't do safe words anyway no I'm not interested we don't do the safe word things if she if she knows you know i trust that if lady anna knows it's too much for me she'll stop or she'll you know she, she, she won't damage me so and i trust that but yeah, she would leave me, and sometimes she would leave me for about five, six hours, maybe. Uh, sometimes, you know, if she got three hour session, by the time you got there, got back, a little bit of aftercare for the client. Yeah, um, it was there, and it was brilliant. I, lo- I loved it, and you, she also, you know, used to tease me about I'm going having fun because you know this this time it's well and truly gone past the the time when. I was, you know, I was getting insecure and jealous and everything. And, you know, so you used to tease me, didn't you, about going having fun with, with your mm. clients. I'm going off and you're staying here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was great. I loved it. <laughs> it loved, I loved it. So, yeah, we, we somehow managed to turn your fears into a bit of a fetish, didn't we? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then, um, well, I, I then needed help with filming. Because yeah. I needed to do my filming, I needed galleries, and you were 
you've got a really good eye because you know mm. you understand mm. fetish yeah. really well. So you understand that the kind of detail that a fetishist wants about a, a rubber garment or mm. a, an anaesthetic trolley. Yeah. You, you understand that. So you then got to know some of my clients through filming. Yeah. And you're still in contact with them. You've been in contact yeah. with them ever since. For yeah. Years and years and yeah. years. Good friends. Yeah. Um, and it's not weird, is it? How, how, how weird is it to watch me play with another man's cock? I, it's now thrilling. Mm. I find it now thrilling. Because in, in me now, over the years, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a new fetish being, being um, kind of, what's the word? Uh, born, if you like. So, you know. Fermenting, simmering. Yeah, yeah. So, growing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I do. I get, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy watching you have fun. I enjoy, I do. I just totally enjoy it. You know, and going back, there was a time when, before I used to do your filming and, and, and and photographs where, you know, I'd see, you know, the medical play can be very intimate, can't it? You know, I've got this photographs yeah. with you, you know, sat, 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 sat straddling somebody and his cock is erect between your legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's extremely intimate. Things like, you know, things like, you know, like water sports, it's, it, it, it has got a, a, a huge amount of intimacy. So, yeah, uh, you know, there was a time when it, it was difficult to look at, uh, you know, in those insecure days, difficult to look at that. Mm-hmm. But for the amount of, you know, kinky guys out there or submissive guys out there to the amount of PDs in the, in, in the UK, certainly, uh, you know, there's, a lot, there's a lot of guys. So what I would really suggest people do is, if guys do, is just to start, if, if you're a submissive, start doing things for your partner you know go out of your way to do nice things for her you know fetch her a drink serve her serve her and and you know just show her what it's like to have somebody who's adoring of her look wanting to look after her wanting to 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 serve her yeah and you take the lead on that that's not topping from the bottom is it at all Topping from the bottom is when you're ma- uh, manipulating yeah. somebody to do what you actually want them to do, whether they want yeah. to do it or not. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just honestly, sincerely. Look, you know, do everything you can for for, for your wife, um, your your girlfriend, your partner. Cherish her. Cherish her. Respect her. Yeah, and, and do nice things for her. And, you know, obviously everybody's different, relationships are different. A lot of people have to, like I had to, a lot of the time we hold their desires in. But, you know, just start gradually doing things for her and worship her and, you know, see what, if she reacts to that, you know, does she enjoy doing that? And just be everything you can. Be the submissive you want to be. Mm. And I don't mean hitting the floor when she walks in and kissing her feet, you know, crawling beside her. I'm not talking about all that that crazy stuff that happens that you know you see on the internet. I'm talking about just 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 worship her, look after her, serve her, and love her, and and show her that you want to you're there for her, and just see where it goes. I think that's the best advice I can give. Good advice. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming along. Thank you for having me. What's for for dinner? Not sure. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll be doing it, won't I? Oh, yeah. And I'd better like it. (laughs) Yes, miss. (laughs) 
think that's enough for this podcast. We might talk about this again, um, about lifestyle domination. So thank you so much for listening. Feel free to contact me via medicalmistress.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you can leave me a voice message. So the voice message is there for feedback or if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask. I am expecting to do some guest interviews with other professional mistresses and other mistresses, lifestyle mistresses that I know as well. And I will be announcing those on my social media. So please find me on Twitter. I will put all the links below so that you can find me. You can also subscribe to my podcast on this page, medicalmistress.co.uk forward slash podcast to ensure that you never miss out on any future episodes. And if you would like to support my podcast, you can go to my Patreon page from the same page and see my patron benefits. So many thanks to everyone who has supported me so far. Thank you and have a good night.